The opinions and views expressed in this program do not reflect those of KUCI, its management, or the UC Board of Regents. To find out more about this talk show or other talk shows broadcasting on KUCI, log on to our website at KUCI.org or check out the latest program guide. You're listening to KUCI 88.9 FM in Irvine and KUCI.org on the net. Welcome to Prescriptions for Healing Conflict. I'm Lloyd. I'm the show's engineer, and your host is Mari Frank. Mari's been an attorney mediator for 26 years, and during that time she's resolved thousands of disputes as a neutral conflict healer. She's a member of the Orange County Superior Court Mediation Panel, and she's been a law professor of negotiations and mediation and presently teaches negotiations right here at UCI. She's the author of Negotiations Breakthroughs and co-author of Stepping Stones to Success and several other books. To listen to previous interviews, see upcoming guests, download podcasts, and learn more, visit www.conflicthealing.com. So, Mari, what's your show about today? Well, Lloyd, today our show is about the promises that you make to yourself. And this is really a wonderful book, and I I happen to um, love what this says here, it says profoundly simple, yet simply profound. This is Robert A. Emmons, who is the editor-in-chief of the Journal of Practice Psychology and author of Thanks and Gratitude Works. This is a great book. And let me tell you a little bit about our wonderful author, uh, David Pollay. Uh, David Pollay uh, is... Um, is the author uh, and the creator also of the book called The Law of the Garbage Truck, which is now translated into 12 languages. And people from more than 100 countries have taken his No Garbage Trucks pledge not to create, not to accept, create, and dump emotional garbage. And his latest book, The Three Promises, and I'm going to tell you the subtitle is The Joy, Find Joy Every Day, do What You Love and Make a Difference by David Paulet. Um, people worldwide are becoming happier and more fulfilled after they begin including David's three promises in their lives. We're going to talk about these. And, you know, our mind creates our reality and what we think and our, and our words are powerful, too. So it's so important. And what David says in this book has really talked to me. He is a leader in the field of positive psychology, serving as the co-founding associate executive editor of the International Positive Psychology Association. And he's held leadership positions at Yahoo, MasterCard, Global Payments, and his inner city literacy initiative is helping hundreds of children increase their love of reading. This guy has been featured on ABC, NPR, Univision, and Business Week, Small Biz Magazine, The Baltimore Sun, Business Digest, Florida's Sun Sentinel, the Chicago Tribune, the Los Angeles Times, and media worldwide. And he's even spoken to audiences around the world and was a featured speaker at TEDx Delray Beach. So he's joining us today all the way from beautiful Florida, Delray Beach. So thank you so much for joining us this morning, David. Mari, thanks for having me on the show. It's really a pleasure. 
Well, I really have enjoyed this book. And, you know, I read stuff like this all the time. And people might be saying, well, Murray, you know, your genre is conflict healing. And I just need to let people recognize that as they're happier, as they're more joyful, as they're making a difference in the world and loving what they do, that they conflict will, of course, arise. It's inevitable, but it won't escalate to negativity. People can use it as a springboard to solve problems. So I just want to make that clear that this is very much in line with our genre. So let's talk about the three promises. What are they and why are they so important? Well, Mari, the three promises, it starts with really the question that I ask groups when I speak to them, I'll, I'll say, you know, when you think about being a parent in particular, you know, this is what parents typically say they want for their children. I'll say, so play fill in the blank with me. I'll say, parents, you just want your kids to be, and everyone typically yells out, happy. Right. Although I will tell you, just the other day it was hilarious, an executive in the front row, when I said, parents just want their kids to be, she said, to be quiet. <laughs> yeah. And I laughed, of course, because I have two children, young children myself, but... The question is, you know, okay, we want our children to be happy, we want to be happy, but what concerns me about that answer is that the statistics tell a different story right now, which is upsetting to me, and that's in it, and there, here are three in particular. The depression rates are 10 times greater today than they are, they were rather, in the 1960s. I'm mm. 49, born in 1965, and they're 10 times greater than they were back then. Wow. 20% of employees worldwide report that they do what they do best every day. That's 80% that are not feeling as though they're getting to do their best every day. And a majority of adults report that they don't feel that they're making a significant difference on a daily basis. So if we're asking people to be happy, the statistics and the trends are going a different direction. So the three promises comes in in that for the last eight years, I've been researching and studying and working with people from more than 100 countries And what I've found is that ultimately happiness, as valuable as it is, and it really does, as you were saying at the outset, it really does help people avoid conflict in the beginning or mitigate it as it it arises. So it's very powerful. But the challenge is happiness follows action. So the question is, what are the actions that lead to happiness? What I've discovered is that there are three powerful yet simple promises that if we implement them on a daily basis, they will help us become fulfilled. And They are, as you said beautifully before, find joy every day. And the idea is it's not that you have to run around skipping all day and smiling the whole day. I mean, that's great if you can do that. But it's really finding 15 minutes, 10 minutes, even five minutes of authentic joy where you're doing something that you find fun, joyful. And it could be as simple as walking the dog or having a cup of coffee, reading the paper, or listening to Mari's show. You know, <laughs> oh, I and love then, that. <laughs> yeah, that, 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 we, a big underline on that one. <laughs> and, you know, and then the second is to do what you love, and so it's crafting something in your job that you're not waiting till the perfect job comes. You're finding a way to express your talents, your interest in, in your job, um, and that can be 15 minutes and more if you can. And then finally make a difference. Find a way to give to somebody else at work or at home or on the in your community, and what we the research is just so overwhelming that when you give to others, you're not only happier, you live longer, and you ultimately are more successful. Yes, and people who are depressed that just like sit at home and and have the thoughts of like woe is me and my life is bad. 
I mean, they're just reinforcing that, and it's not going to get out of them. But like you said, if you can get out and do something to help someone else, it gets you out of that. You know, I deal with people who are either in the throes of divorce, which is a major depression thing for everybody. Even if you're happy to get out of the marriage, it's still a a disaster for you in your life. Or, you know, people who have lost a loved one, you know, that's a tough one. They're in grieving. But even in that, you can find some joy. Like you said, if if you lost a loved one, but you've got a pet that you can cuddle with, or something that you can do, or just take a walk by the beach or in the sunshine or in the forest, just something that you can get yourself out of that head, right? Yeah, that's absolutely right. Because but people, I say, look, people deserve to be happy. People deserve to live a fulfilling life. And what happens in those circumstances that you described, divorce, bereavement, people find themselves in this conundrum where they say, well, how can I be happy? How can I have any joy in my life? Someone I love just passed, or someone I love is sick, or I'm sick, or my job's not right. But what happens is we get caught up in such a, it will be better at some point in the future, which is an absolutely terrible strategy because we both know we have so many examples of people who don't make it to the next day. And I don't say that as a motivational moment. I say that as reality. People just are getting sick. People I know are getting diseases and terminal terminal, uh diseases and people are dying and so forth. So the idea is in whatever circumstance you're in, you deserve to feel some joy and your points are perfect. There are opportunities inside every day to feel joyful, even if it's only for 10 minutes. And you cannot, you don't have to feel guilty that in the midst of crisis, you say, boy, I still love waking up this morning, sitting in my backyard, looking at the birds and drinking my coffee or whatever version of your respite that is. Your point is just so important. And I love at the end of your book, you've got some samples like that, you know, simple things, just little simple things that you can do to get joy. And I I love the quote you have, um, you know, and when you're talking about part one, find joy every day, you have this quote by Buddha, we are shaped by our thoughts, we become what we think. When the mind is pure, joy follows like a shadow that never leaves by Buddha. I just, that's such a beautiful quote. Yeah, I was, isn't that great? Yeah. Yeah, you have some great quotes in here, and you had a Rumi quote that I really love, too. But, yeah, so it's it's so important. People don't realize. I mean, I can just see this all the time because I... My whole career is living with people who are negative. <laughs> you know? Yeah, right. Yeah. And, and conflict. And, um, and so it's my quest, you know, to, to transform that any way that I possibly can. So I just, I really love your book because it's so simple. So, you know, you, I love the idea of making this pledge. So let's talk about the three promises pledge. Yeah. Well, you know, the pledge is, it's, it's it's simple in this way. Once you get to a point, what I say to people, look, buy the book, go borrow the book, go to a library, whatever you need to do, you know, go browse the book in a store, but get it. And when you do and you understand, you know, because in the book there are 65 strategies for how to find joy, do what you love, make a difference. Right. But, you know, ultimately what it is that I want people to do is know that, you know, joy is possible doing what you love is possible, making a difference is possible, and you and you can you can get there by just making these promises. Now, the way to do that ultimately is once you understand that 
is to make the pledge. Really say to yourself, I will, and it's a simple pledge, I will find joy every day. Not tomorrow, not a week from today. I will find joy every day. Second, I will do what I love. Third, I will make a difference. And then what I say for people who like to meditate or, or pray, you can turn it into a prayer. And, and what I do every day is I say at the beginning of my day, thank you for this most fulfilling day. I will find joy. I will do what I love. I will make a difference. And then I always put it in the present. I'm finding joy. I'm doing what I love. I'm making a difference so that I know that it's my choice in amidst whatever circumstances I'm in. It's my choice to follow the three promises and uh, bring them into uh, our daily life. So it becomes a mantra for me. When I get caught up in you know, what I call the garbage cycle, rumors, gossip, frustration, anger, disappointment, When I, we all get there at some point. And for me, when I see that, I go, okay, I'm there. What can I do now? So that, then I remember the pledge. And I'll say, what joy can I engage in now? Or what can I do that will be satisfying from a career perspective? Or what can I do to make a difference to somebody else? And then that pledge comes alive in the actions that I choose. Yeah, it's a commitment. And, you know, I, I had the, a doctor on my show who wrote a book about words change your brain. Mm. And uh, it was amazing because when you use positive words, it actually does change the chemicals in your brain. So you can create, I mean, like they say, you create your reality. And that's what you do. Like when you were just talking, David, when you said, you know, I put it in the present, you know, I am joyful now. I am doing joyful things. I do what I love. You know, you talk yourself into it, you know, and I make a difference in everything I do. You know, and you say it yeah. with that power, and you say it with that commitment, and it actually does chemical changes in your brain. Right, yeah, absolutely, Which, absolutely. Yeah, so, I mean, people go, and it sounds simple, and like, oh, yeah, okay, I'll say these things. But they don't realize that even though it's a very simple, it's so powerful. Yeah, and the, th- and the thing that's so great is that the, what you're saying is that the words then open up the possibility. You create possibility in your life. Right. And, and then what matters is then you take action. So then you move from the words to, okay, now what am I going to do now, right now, to help me find joy? Even if it's just five minutes, what am I going to do right now to make a difference to someone else? Even if it's just I'm going to text someone some encouraging words, or when I give a quick call to somebody, and then all of a sudden those powerful words that change the brain, as you say, then become manifest in our actions. Yes. And just a smile at a stranger or just oh, yeah. going over to some I mean, little tiny things yeah. can make so much difference. And you had talked in the book about, you know, a lot of times we don't recognize even the little things that we do for people that have a powerful influence. And I know you do a lot of professional speaking like I do. And I just was looking today because I'm, I'm going to be doing this after afternoon a, a program for a company and um, I had done one for them before and I was looking at the index cards I said to them afterwards you know um, I had door prizes at then so I said put your name on the front and put down on the back just something you want to remember from today you know mm-hmm. something you want to remember and it was amazing Good. to me how wow a couple people said wow this this I'm gonna use this in my with my you know, with my staff. Wow. You know, and I was like, wow, you know, you're making, you, they had an aha moment with something you said, which is just so amazing because we don't even recognize that. We just go on and we just do our thing and just saying a kind word to someone, some may just change them from not wanting to commit suicide. You have no idea the power that you have when you say something positive. Yeah, that's right. It's, it's, it's really, Amazing the chain 
of events that you set forward. I think you said two things that, to me, are just very powerful. One is you just never know what it is that you... I tell a story in the book, and uh, it's called The Good Packer. And it, and right. Very, yeah, <laughs> right, it's a very small interaction. You probably didn't read, you Yeah, I read about the little boy, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's just a little kid. My dad, when I was a kid, he used to uh, pack the family car before vacations with the, all the luggage. And right. The short version of the story is that one day he couldn't find room in the trunk for one last bag, and I just stepped forward. I don't know what came over me, but I tried, and and I was successful. I found a spot in the trunk for the bag, and all of a sudden my dad, we call him Big Lou, he's six foot two, and I was a little guy. He leans down, looks towards me, and he crosses his arms, and he goes, You're a good packer. <laughs> You know, and that stuck with me. I'm for, you know, as I said, I'm 49. I, I still remember that. And so your point about just the <laughs> smile at the right time, the, the right words, just capturing somebody doing something right can make a big difference. And the other thing that you said that I think is so powerful is that people are making a difference all the time, but they're not giving themselves credit for it. And that's what, you know, when you ask people to reflect after a talk on what they can do, oftentimes it's like just a reminder of, wait, there are things I can do or I have done that can make a difference in other people's lives. And that alone can change the quality of someone's life by just appreciating and savoring the good that they're already doing. Yes. Yes, it's so beautiful. So let's talk about some strategies. You know, we're sitting on the campus here of the University of California, Irvine. And, you know, unfortunately, the college students, there's a lot of suicide. There's a high suicide rate. But also we have people who are, we have like a little Silicon Valley that's nearby here in Aliso Viejo and Newport Beach where all these, you know, high-powered business people drive by. So, you know, people are under a lot of stress, a lot of stress. And they think, oh, yeah, that sounds good. Okay. Okay, yeah, I find joy. But let's talk about some strategies to really find that joy every day that are easy, because I know you have them in this great book, The Three Promises. I'm going to just repeat it if you're just driving by and you didn't hear. uh, We are speaking with David Paulet, who wrote The Three Promises, and the subtitle are The Three Promises, Find Joy Every Day, Do What You Love, and Make a Difference. So let's let's give some um, some strategies. Okay, David? Yeah, sure. Absolutely. Well, we can start with one, and I'll, I'll tell just a brief story out of the book that when I was a, kid, a number of years ago, I was in an office, and um, I happened to be looking down at the floor because I wasn't, um, I, you know, we all have our moments, and I was having one of my moments. It wasn't my best day. And I looked down at the floor, but I caught a glimpse of my shoes. And on those shoes were, I saw Barney the, uh, the dinosaur, a little right. sticker. I saw, you know, Dora the Explorer. And all of a sudden, even though I wasn't feeling very good just a moment before, I started laughing. Because right. I started thinking, you know, how did they get on there? Oh, my <laughs> daughters must have put them on my shoes when I wasn't looking and kissing my wife goodbye. Yeah. So, you know, then, I'm, then I start laughing because I look, you know, I look at the time and I realize, where have I been all morning with stickers on my shoes? <laughs> right. You know, and thinking, wait, I'm more professional than that. And it was then that I really got the power of positive emotion, which right. positive psychology talks so much about, that just the thought of my daughters slipping stickers on my shoes <laughs> made me laugh. Yes. And to this day, what I call that is a positive trigger. Yes. It's something that... Just when I see a sticker, I think of my kids. I think of the fact that I'm grateful that I'm married and I have two beautiful girls inside and out. And so the idea in the book, and I tell that story, is that 
all of us have positive triggers. We all know the negative triggers, the things that people say that frustrate us or the way people look at us that upsets us. But if we can recognize, and I take people through a little process to come up with their own, but what are the things that you can, what's the music you can play? What's the picture you can put up in front of you? What's the thing that you can say to yourself? Who's the person you can call? What are those positive triggers that when you're feeling not good but want to get better and, and you want to get centered, at least get centered so you can deal with the conflict at hand or the stress you're dealing with, call up a positive trigger. And then I say, well, if it's a really tough day and the stickers don't do it fully, then put on that favorite music that you just rock out to with your earphones on for a couple minutes and then reapproach your day. Then go back into the stress and say, I'm not denying the stress, I'm not denying the challenge, but I'm going back into it with positive emotion under my belt. Yeah. And you know what I tell people to always do, and I know you do this too, is just to breathe deeply. You know, sometimes when things are really, really rough, I mean, especially when I'm teaching this afternoon, I'm when I'm going to be teaching about conflict, constructive conflict resolution, is just before you even open your mouth, if you're upset, just let go, you know, just breathe in and let go with a deep breath and just breathe into your solar plexus. And it's amazing how you kind of can get back into that calm state again, just by using your breath to just get yourself back in, you know, on an equilibrium. Yeah. And, you know, it takes, sometimes it takes a friend like you or a leader like you to just remind us. And it's so funny when someone, oftentimes when someone like you will say, hey, just take a deep breath, and you're, like, realizing that you're taking these super shallow breaths. Right. Oh, my gosh, I didn't realize how much air I'm not taking in, you know, how much oxygen I'm not taking right, in. So right, right. That's a really good point. Yeah, it's, and it's so easy, you know? It's so easy. Yeah, right. And, uh, you know, I, I I don't know, you probably do this too, but before I have a speaking engagement, I don't know these people. I don't have enough information about them. That always worries me, you know? So yeah, sure. I take some deep breaths, and I just kind of speak from my heart instead of my head that I'm okay. Right. Yeah, right. Absolutely. <laughs> but, but I think that works really when you're having a bad day, too. If I'm having a bad day, I don't want to be thinking about over and over in, in my head, like this guy cut me off on the freeway or, you know, something. Right. I don't want to think about it. You know, just let that go and then exchange that thought with something else, which is, you know, basically what you're saying, you know, find joy, you know, do what you love, make a difference, focus on these positive things. Um, that's so important. Yeah, well, we, I mean, I'll just say this quickly, we were off, you know, you and I were off air talking about two experiences we had speaking without power, Yeah, where we're speaking in the dark and uh, with no amplification and no ability to put PowerPoints up. Yeah. And just like you were saying, for me, I said to myself, you know, and I took some deep breaths and just said, I'll find joy, I'll do what I love, I'll make a difference, that's what I'm here for, you know, and then it centered me, and then they said, okay, you're on, you know, you walk out in a ballroom of 200 people with no microphone in the dark, (laughs) at least I know I'm there to make a difference. Exactly. And it really helps. And I think that's what I really love about this book is that it's simple. Like, I like to have recipes, you know? Mm -hmm. I want something one, two, three, and then I can remember it. I mean, we can't remember more than three things at a time anyway. It's hard enough to remember three. But, you know, if you have this simple thing, find joy every day, do what you love, make a difference, you can say that um, whenever, like, 
I am. I'm finding joy right now, right here. (laughs) I'm doing what I love, and I am making a difference. You know, if you have that where you memorize it, then when something goes bad, you have this strategy to just jump into that shifts your energy, right? That's right. That's exactly right. You've said it just perfectly. That's the whole intent of the book is to get people to a place where they authentically can get to their better self, and live the life that they want, a fulfilled life. Yes, yes. So, you know, um, how can, uh, this is a good one, you know, uh, when you talk the second one about how you do what you love, you know, this is, I've been reading this book, The Great Work of Your Life, and I've been reading about Dharma, okay? So so that's what you're talking about, do what you love. That's right. You know, there's books that I've read all these, like, do what you love, the money will follow, but I love what you have in here about, you know, do what you love. So let's say people are driving by and they're not doing what they love in their career. So, you know, what what should they do? Well, here's what, where it starts. What I want people to know is that it's great to have a dream job. It's great to think the grass is greener somewhere else because it might be. And so let's let's say we want to get there. But what we want to make sure that we do is we don't totally dismiss the power of what we're in already and the, and the gratitude for having a position or a job or an opportunity right. for us. Because, and we both know this again, there's no guarantee we're going to get to that future. And I mean, as much as we hope we will, there's no guarantee that we'll live that long. So the idea then is, what can I do today? So uh, there's something that I talk about, as you know, in the book mm-hmm. that I call a fill year, right. where I've done some math and it's, it's surprising math, so I lay it out in the book, that when I look at our schedules across an entire year, I've found that there are 18 work weeks, the equivalent of 18 work weeks available for us to explore our interests and if we know what it is we want to do, to get better at it and then take incremental steps towards getting into more of what we're really passionate about. And so the, that process really goes through a number of chapters, but begins with, what do you love to do? And if you're not sure what that is, there's a guide to having conversations with people you love, for example, or friends, and say, hey, what lights, when you when you hear me talking about things, when do I light up? Yeah. And, and when does my light go out? And when people start, and people will tell you, and then you go, wow, you know, I, that's true, I didn't realize that. Then you can talk to old teachers or coaches or professors or bosses and find out more of what their view of you, you know, is in terms of what lights you up. And you do the same thing. You look at your high points in your life and say, when, when have I been most alive? When have I felt best? And then once you have that in, in your hand, then the question is, how can I develop it even more? So then it's, who can I talk to that's already doing that? And people will share their resources with you. They will talk to you. If you come in with a humble spirit and say, I really appreciate what you do. I'd just love to learn a little bit more, just 10 minutes if you have the time. And most people say yes because they want to make a difference. Right. You know, and then so then you take that and you meet with other people and you network and you learn and you might go to a course and learn something online and you start building skill and volunteering for activities that give you a chance to, again, over the course of a year to start exploring the opportunity to gain some greater skill in the area that you're interested in or experience. Then all of a sudden, by the time you get through that year, and it may be even less than that, you find yourself having made tremendous progress because your commitment was to do what you love every day in some capacity, even if it's only 15 minutes per day. Yeah. You know, and I, I, I... 
I love those ideas. And I'll tell you a little thing that really kind of was an aha moment for me when I was trying to think like, you know, am I am I fulfilling my purpose in life? You know, you get to that point, you know, am I am, am I what else? What else am I really supposed to be doing? Why am I here? You know, anyway, since I've been reading this other book, I told you about the, the, the great work of your life. I, I uh, when we're little kids. The things that we love to do, we're so innocent, right? Yeah. So the things that we love to do when we're little kids is our biggest hint as to what our passion is. Right. And so I, I thought about it when I was, you know, reading that book and, and it came up to me again when I was reading your book. And I thought to myself, you know, when I was a little kid, my dad had a fur store in Chicago. He was an old time furrier. And, um, I had to go there every day after school and there was this blackboard and that was all I could do. So I would teach all these people that weren't there. <laughs> you know? wow. Wow. And uh, then I became a teacher. Then I became a lawyer. Then I became a professor. Then wow. I do these things. And so I think I am living my purpose that I was supposed to be teaching but um, you know it's just it's just kind of funny so if you think about the awesome. things you loved as a kid that's a big hint you know it's your clue that yeah. will help you find it so just I just thought I'd add that to I you. love that no that's a wonderful story and such an example for people to really you know be you know open up a little bit exp- explore that and ask people who are around when you're younger remind you of that and the insight that you gain from that could be life-changing yes and we are out of time believe it or not god we could talk all day david i love yeah. you it's <laughs> been an absolute joy yes see i so, found joy big check on yeah. my dad you know <laughs> right. we're making a difference like we, you talked yeah. about and right? we're doing and what we love the whole thing yeah now we can go to bed <laughs> yeah that's right exactly <laughs> Okay, so thank you, David. And I just want to um, give your website. We already said The Three Promises is the name of the book. And just give your website and we got to go. Sure, absolutely. The threepromises.com, best place to go. All right. So we will have you back again. Please stay in touch, okay? I sure will. It's been a joy, Mari. Thank you so much for okay, having me. Okay, yeah. Thank you. Bye-bye. You've been listening to KUCI 88.9 FM and Irvine and KUCI.org. In the net, I'm Mari Frank. Join us every Monday morning and visit our website, conflicthealing.com. Thanks. It's about trust. Yeah, yeah. It's about faith. It's about trust. The opinions and views expressed in this program do not reflect those of KUCI, its management, or the UC Board of Regents.